0: In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I would like to talk to you today about two words. uh, Two words that I think we are going to see are very connected. uh, Two words uh, that Jesus has a lot to say about today. And so we're going to take a look at at how he sees these two words. Greatness and slavery. And we'll see that maybe they have more in common than we thought. Uh, But before we get there, uh, I thought I would uh, like to get you... to know you all a little bit better, we know each other pretty well, but uh, if you can bear with me, I'd like to ask you something, and if some of you wouldn't mind sharing, that would be good. Uh, and the question I have for you is, when you were a child, when you were a kid, what did you dream of becoming? All of us had someone ask us that, right? And it started when we were young. What do you want to be when you grow up? And for some of us, maybe it was astronauts or firefighters, but, but what, what was it for you? Anyone mind sharing? What did you aspire to? What did you dream of becoming? Anyone? Dancer. What was it, dancer? Did that come true? No. No? <laughs> I could see you dancing, Mary. I can see no. that. We did a lot of dancing. Yeah. What else? What did you dream of? Just wanted to be a mommy. You just wanted to be a mommy. Okay. See, we're, we're learning each o- things about each other. What else? Secretary. Secretary. Oh, good. Interesting. Anna? Architect. Architect. Yeah. So we could see that coming true for you. Yeah, Marlene? A nurse. A nurse. Oh, good. 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 Well, uh, when I was a, a child, I I'd had many dreams. At one point, I thought I was going to be a magician. I uh, loved to do magic. Uh, that's a little bit on the back burner now, but you never know. At another point, I thought I was going to be a chef. I liked to cook. I dreamt of owning my own restaurant. At one point, I wanted to bring the two together. I thought I was going to have a magic-themed restaurant. That sounded like fun to me. Uh, you never know, I guess. Uh, at another point, I thought I was going to be an author. I liked to write uh, stories and, and dreamt of maybe becoming a journalist or something like that. We probably all have, have had different aspirations and dreams, but something that we probably all had in common was that all of us, when we dreamed and, and aspired, we, we dreamt of some measure of greatness. Uh, what I mean by that is that no little boy, no little girl sits in bed late at night dreaming of becoming a, uh, a meh, just an okay mechanic, right, or... Uh, an, an unexceptional lawyer, right? No one dreams of becoming just an, an all-right teacher, right? You, you tend to dream of some level of greatness. And I think we're going to see today in our readings that, that Jesus uh, dreams of great things for you. Uh, Jesus has great aspirations for you. He wants you to be great. And maybe for some of us, uh, some of us lifelong Lutherans, that's hard to hear, that Jesus would want us to be great. That sounds funny to us. Sounded funny the first time I said it out loud, but I, I think it's true. Jesus wants us to be great, uh, but but we need to look at what that means for him. What does it mean to be great in God's kingdom? Uh, we we heard in our story today this this interesting interaction between James and John, brothers, disciples of Jesus, and and they come to Jesus, and it seems like they're looking for greatness. They're dreaming of greatness. They have great aspirations. They come to Jesus with uh, not quite a request, not a humble ask of Jesus, but but more of a demand. They come to Jesus and they say, Rabbi, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. I can't imagine saying that to Jesus, uh, but they did. Maybe we all have in our own ways. And, and what they want from Jesus is that uh, they want to sit at his right and his left-hand side in his heavenly kingdom. They want those privileged positions of power and authority. They want to be seen as great. And so Jesus needs to teach them what greatness looks like, doesn't he? And so this is what he says about it. Jesus says, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Now, I would guess that none of us here today as little boys and little girls dreamt of becoming a servant or a slave. None of you, I I wouldn't think, dreamed of staying, you stayed up late at night dreaming of cleaning up someone else's messes, of doing their dirty work. Uh, Following someone around, ready to serve at their beck and call. If anything, we probably dreamed of the opposite. We dreamed of a great life where we had people serving us, right? But that's not what Jesus says. He says if anyone wants to become great, he must become a servant. If anyone wants to be first, he must become a slave. Uh, Greatness in God's kingdom looks like a life of servitude and sacrifice, Uh, And that can be hard for us to wrap our minds around for a lot of of reasons, right? And uh, partly because we live in 21st century America and we are trying to leave behind a sordid history of slavery. Uh, And when we hear that word, when we hear the word slavery, we kind of automatically think of 18th or 19th century slavery, American slavery, with its racial inequality and, and brutality. But that's not the kind of slavery and servitude that Jesus is talking about. Uh, In our reading for today, I I think it starts with an attitude change for Jesus. To see yourself as a servant and a slave begins with a a change of mind. uh, that You're not thinking about me and mine all the time, uh, but you're thinking about other people. You're not treating people as obstacles you need to overcome or as stepping stones to your own personal success, but you ask yourself, how can I serve them? It's a, a complete change in attitude, a humility, uh, and in an attitude of service and sacrifice. It's a, an attitude, though, that does lead to actions, I think we are called, to serve and sacrifice in real, tangible uh, ways, out of love for the people around us. And, and yet that is a, a vision of greatness. Jesus connects greatness with service and slavery. That's a, a picture of greatness that we don't see very often in our world today. Uh, I actually think we, we do see it maybe more than we think. I think we see it here. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do something. Look around you. Just take a second. Look at the people around you. Uh, I think you are seeing greatness in front of you. Uh, We have some greatness here. We have lots of servants. And I think we've all seen it. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it here. I've seen it in other places, too. When I think of that word, uh, one of the people that I think about uh, was a member of my previous congregation named Brad. Uh, Brad was great in every sense of the word. He was a, a true servant. Uh, Brad wasn't the pastor of the church. He wasn't an elder. He didn't serve on a board. He didn't have a title. He didn't collect a paycheck. No one was wowed by Brad's eloquent words of wisdom. No one sat at his feet and listened as he prayed or taught. Uh, he never taught a Bible study. And yet, Brad was a great person. Uh, Brad was always the first person at church on Sunday. Uh, when I first got there, I kind of assumed. That I might be the first one there. Uh, Since I worked there, it was my job, my calling. And because like here, I lived across the parking lot, so my commute was short. And I like to get to church early to prepare and and pray. I just assumed I would be the first one there. But Brad, every single week beat me. There wasn't a week that, uh, that I was there before him. Uh, He would wake up early, five in the morning, head to this little diner across the street, get the same breakfast every day, eggs and hash browns and bacon. Then he'd come to church and he would unlock the doors. And then Brad began to do all of these little things that probably no one else in the church noticed. Uh, Things that people didn't even know needed to be done. Uh, For example, Brad would light the eternal candle. Uh, the candle that symbolizes that burning flame of Christ that never goes out, that shines in the darkness. Here it's electric, so it's easy to keep going. Uh, but that church it was an actual candle and you had to climb a ladder, get up there and switch the flame from one candle, the, the burning, dying candle, to the new one. And Brad would do that week after week for years Now, I would guess that if I had asked that congregation, uh, do we have an eternal candle, I would guess probably 65% either would say no or I don't know. They probably didn't even recognize uh, that the candle was there. But Brad knew, and he saw it, and and week after week, no one asked him to do it. Uh, No one said thank you for it, but he would just do it. Uh, until he quite literally could not do it anymore. He, he had cancer and his hips didn't work. And so then from that point on, I would help him. I would climb up the ladder and he would hand me the, the tools, the lighter, the candle, all of that. And we'd do it together. Um, but after that, uh, Brad would organize the bulletins. He'd get things ready for communion. Again, all these little things that no one else knew about. I only happened to see it because I was there early too, but, but no one else knew. And yet Brad was happy to do it. Uh, he took his job seriously He had a perfect attendance record, uh, better than me, uh, and and yet he he did his work joyfully. Brad was a true picture or portrait of greatness. Uh, He showed me what it looked like to be a servant and a slave to all people. Uh, I said I was going to uh, talk about two words today, which wasn't quite true because there was this last word uh, as I was reading through our reading this week that really stuck out to me. Uh, one of those words that might be easy to skip over, and it was the word "all." Uh, Jesus says in that reading that we are to become servants and slaves to all people, and and I just couldn't get away from that word this week. It it kept on coming to mind. Jesus doesn't say we are to become servants and slaves to all the people we like. Uh, He doesn't say we're to become servants to all the people we get along with or all the people it's easy to serve. He just says become servants to all, all people. Uh, And to me, that includes the person who cut you off on Dundee Road on your way into church today. Uh, That's all people. It includes the cashier at the checkout line at the grocery store you might stop at on your way home, who's taking way too long and ruining your afternoon. That is all people. It includes the man in front of you who has 35 items in the express lane. That's all people. It includes the family and the friends that you love and care about deeply, but also the family that has hurt you and the friends who have let you down. God wants us to see ourselves as servants and slaves to everyone. And that's not easy, but I would suggest to you today that that loving and serving all people begins by serving one person. And so maybe this week, each of us can think about that one person uh, that we can serve. And maybe it is the other drivers out there on the roads. We'll get in our cars and we'll start to change our attitudes and our actions to see, okay, how can I be the best driver I can be to serve my fellow drivers? It won't be easy. But I think it's what we're called to do. Maybe it will be the cashier. Instead of thinking, here's this person who is, who is there to serve me and do my bidding, maybe we'll think, how can I serve them? How can I make their day better? Maybe it's the man in front of us with 35 items. Uh, maybe it's the family that has hurt us deeply and we'd rather never talk to again, or the friends who have let us down. But who is that one person that we can serve, that we can sacrifice for? If, if we can do that, brothers and sisters, I, I guarantee you life will be different this week. In fact, I promise you that your life will be greater And that's not just pastor talk. That's Jesus' promise. And you you see, we can do all that uh, because that is what Jesus has done for all of us, isn't it? Uh, Jesus came to live as a servant for us. Our great and mighty God came to, to be our servant. Uh, we heard it again. I've read it for you twice now, but here it is one more time. Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus, the, the creator of the universe and the maker of the moon, wasn't born in that manger just so that people could dow- bow down before him and give him stuff. No, Jesus came into your life to serve you. He came to give everything, even his own life. To set you free. And he did all that not for a bunch of perfect people, not just for the people who had it all together, not for just the worthy people. Jesus came to do that for all people to people like you and me who were slaves to sin, who were living underneath the thumb of Satan and his control, people who, whose eternities were written by death, who, who live underneath the consequences of sin and all of its condemnation. Jesus came to the cross to die, to give his life as a ransom for those people, for us, for all people, so that we would not live underneath the thumb of Satan, so that we, we wouldn't live condemned by our sin, so that death wouldn't be the end of our story. Jesus, brothers and sisters, has come to set us free. The question is, what are we going to do with that freedom now? And I say, because I think Jesus says, that we strive for greatness. I say that we become servants to all people. In Jesus' name, amen.